0: Welcome to Dressage Life with JJ Tate. Do you love dressage? Are you looking to inspire your ride? Do you long to learn secrets of truly great riders? Yes? Then you're in the right place. Join classically trained, internationally competitive dressage rider JJ Tate as she brings inspired conversations, in-depth discussions, and a healthy dose of humor to the world of dressage. Join JJ and her new generation of classical riders in this adventure called Dressage Life. Today's episode was originally featured in JJ's online community, Team Tate TV, a private Facebook group of inspired and supportive dressage lovers just like you. If you're on Facebook, we welcome you to join the conversation there. And now, here's JJ Hey,
1: guys! I hope you guys are ready for me because usually I'm always a couple of minutes late, uh, which is, you know, t- typical for me, uh, which is probably bad as a dressage writer, but, um, you know, everything just runs into the next thing and, uh, before you know it, it's late. So anyway, today I'm on time. Um, couple of quick announcements. We are still working on the Tech Room Chats in the, uh, Academy and, um, I think it should be up and running pretty soon. We had a little problem with Zoom. It just got recorded in a little bit different way, but we are sorting it out. And Catherine and Cerise are I mean, amazing computer technicians. So um, it should be ready to go any minute now. And next Monday is our second Tech Room Chat. And i got to double check who is going to host with Ashley, but um, we're going to talk about the proper warm-up, um, honoring your horse, which is the warm up with Fiji and Darby's um, bonus with the walk. So um, if you're in the Academy and you want to review those videos, that's what we're going to all talk about next week on Monday. And we got a couple exciting things happening. Um, we are making quick headway up to 4,000 people into Team Tate TV. I just want to remind everybody that we're going to give again um, one year free access into the academy in a working student position for anyone who um, invites the 4,000th member. And so the inviter and the 4,000th member Gets free access into the academy for a whole year. So we like to share it with everybody and we're really excited about it. And just think it's really fun for everybody to be involved. So um, that's that. Uh, but tonight I'm going to talk about number one. This week we actually um, had some really fun lessons with a lot of my students. And Tori Stewart came up with a really great image Um that I wanted to share with everybody. And we were laughing about it today because Yula Dalosh, who I train with in Europe, would always like put his finger up. And, you know, I'd be like, Jessica, more down seat. And I would be like, I don't know what that is. I don't know. I don't even know what that means. Like, I know I should like sit down more and like be weighted into the saddle. But like, should I push down or should I you know, like how, like, how do I create that down seat? And he would always say like more knee down and heel down. And he, uh, with his very simple words, because English was like his third language. So, um, it's like amazing that that was his third language and he was able to communicate with me. And actually the simplicity of what he would tell me actually made it better for me to kind of figure out what he meant. You know, I'd tried a couple different things inside my body to see like, did he like that? Like, is this, am I doing it? You know, what was happening? So it was actually a great way, honestly, to learn. Um, And he would always say, you know, more knee down, more heel down, more down seat. Um, And when you see any of Yula Dalish's videos, he just has this amazing anchored, weighted down, gravity is like pulling him down to the ground and he's just sitting like a centaur on the horse I would say um yeah like Stefan also has a a really great seat um Gunther Seidel also amazingly draped down seat and so uh Tori was riding in her lesson and she was like I got it I was walking the dogs And I had this imagination that I had these sandbags on my shoulders that were sort of like just weighting me down. And it was interesting because if you imagine these sandbags on your shoulders, and if you get leaned forward a little bit, sandbags are going to make you sort of like fall down in front. If you get like left behind the motion, your sandbags are going to make you like arch your back uh, and like fall backwards and behind the motion. So she has been feeling this, and I can see it, I can witness it, uh, this different alignment of her upper body over her pelvis and this centeredness and this groundedness, and we thought we would just share that with everybody. Um, Catherine Williams also this week found, actually today was awesome, and she really found this authority in her elbows where, you know, we, we keep telling everyone like, and don't pull, don't pull, don't pull. But the truth is like, we all pull until we learn how not to pull. And so it takes a long time to hear your trainer, like stop pulling, you know? But then of course you're just like, Oh, you know, you just kind of keep pulling because it's hard to figure out what are the other parts of your body that need to kick in that aren't, aren't your hands. And so much of that is this ability to be a little bit grounded under your sandbags, as well as allow that to go down into your elbows. Because then, when you truly like sit down, uh, your wrists can actually still stay very supple, and you don't like grab a hold of the contact and like hold on to the horse. Because your authority has gone like down into your seat um from your sandbags down into your elbows and oh kelly tori stole my sandbag idea (laughs) well we always kelly we always talk about sandbags like sometimes we talk about sandbags being tied around your ankle you know and then it like pulls your heel down um sometimes we talk about like sometimes i even say to my students like imagine you're carrying a water bucket or, your, or a heavy purse, like I have a heavy purse because I carry my life around in my purse. And so you want to feel like, ah, I don't want to grab it with my hand. I want to like put my elbow under it and like carry my purse with my elbow. That weights down your body. And the horse feels that intention. It's it's awesome. But Tori had this idea like balancing these sandbags and that they're like on top of her shoulder that they would just like ground her down and she has a little bit she's not super spicy but she's got a little red pony who's got a lot of energy and so she needs a little bit this grounding this centering this weightedness you know the horse needs to learn to wait so she needs to wait and Tori also needs to be weighted so it's kind of fun play on words. Um, But this idea that like the more you can sit down and the less you can pull on their face. I mean, horses are claustrophobic. So the more we get into, you know, riding in their face, the more they just want to like keep running, of course. And um, then we sort of like tighten up their hind legs because we're pulling. So then I was like, well, how the heck do I slow this horse down? And you want to think about being really anchored down, down seat, sandbags, wherever you want to put them, and find that power down through your elbow. Uh, Catherine had some awesome halt transitions. The horse was completely square behind. I mean, he was square in front too, but it's always like hard that he's like, mm, well, you have one hind legs a little bit out. Um, but she was just like half halt, half halt, Boom. And she just like sat down, shoulders went down, elbows went down, seat bones went down and the horse like freaking stopped. It was awesome. So that was really fun. And then we all laughed because I told the ladies, I'm like, well, I did not make this stuff up. I did not make this up. I am just the bearer of the news, you know, that uh, Charles has told me, his teachers told him, and I have attempted to do it correctly on Facebook. Oh my God, like hundreds of horses for the last uh, 30 years. So that's a lot, Uh, a lot of practice and it works. So uh, we're sticking to it. And if you join the Academy, you can get all kinds of lessons. I just took uh, five more videos yesterday. Um, Yeah, we worked on, I showed a little bit groundwork, which I'm going to talk about next because I wanted to talk a little bit about cross training and, like what we all do with our horses and what do we find beneficial. Um, and in this new video, I use my six year old because you guys all wanted to watch the process. (laughs) So I've got Denali in there. It's not my six year old. He's owned by Keki and Dean who also owned Darby. Um, But he's, like, in the beginning of his career, he's this beautiful, totally sexy black horse. He's just, like, "Mm, so beautiful looking. Um, Bred by our dear friends Ingo and Susan Papa, and he's just beautiful. Um, But he's tight, and he just gets tight in his back and then kind of, like, tight in his neck. And because he's early on in his career, he doesn't equally load both hind legs, and so he's not equally connected to both sides of the reins. So clearly... There is a major crook in this thing going on. But he's born that way. Everyone's born that way. So it's our job to really make them ambidextrous. And then it's like, okay, well, how do we do that? Like, what do we do with their body?
0: Would you like to learn to communicate in a way that your horse can better understand? Check out Team Tate Academy, JJ's online classical dressage academy. As a member, you'll gain clarity through the USDF accredited lesson library, monthly Zoom meetings, and twice monthly live study groups called the chat room chats. Join the community and benefit from connecting with a fun, passionate, and like-minded group of dressage lovers just like you. Be supported and empowered to make the progress you and your horse deserve, regardless of age, level, or background. Be inspired. JJ's commitment to your success shines through in every lesson and lecture. Let JJ's belief in you and your horse transfer over to every one of your rides. Visit teamtateacademy.com podcast today to find links to join our monthly Zoom meetings, purchase mini courses and live stream replays. And of course, join the waitlist for the next open enrollment.
1: So, you know, and I know um, a lot of you guys want me to do some videos of lunging. I think that's a great idea. Um, I do have a big announcement that I rode Freddie, the four-year-old, with no lunging today, and there's a hurricane coming, and he was awesome. <laughs> so that was fun. Uh that was a big day, big day today. Um, but it's funny because I just started to incorporate, I think part of coronavirus sort of helped me, kind of spurred me on to do a bit more of this. Um and Claudio helps me a lot in Florida with my horses learning Piaf. Um, and there is, you know, there was a, there was a bridge. I needed the gap of like what my horses know under saddle and then what Claudio comes and does with them on the ground. And I just, I just didn't do it. I don't know why I didn't do it. I guess I felt like I didn't have time and I wasn't good at it and. I don't know. I didn't know really what I was looking for. Um, and I've done a lot of the TRT. Tristan Tucker is amazing. Um, he's helped me a lot think through a lot of interesting questions about some horses. Um, but like I didn't then like connect that into how like I know how to do the leg lifts, but I didn't really use the groundwork to like get the horse to understand how to bring the hind leg under raise the back and soften the neck and like step the hind legs into my reins. So I just started doing it with everyone. Um, Claudio really helped me change the Piaf on Gideon and Montana, but they were like grumpy horses, right? So they know start clucking at them and they're going to do it. Um, Apollo had no idea at all what to do. Um, Denali didn't really go on the bit. Um, Freddy was a little bit sensitive to the whip. Uh, Bettina was running and like, you know, tight into the contact. Um, who else is there? Darby's also fast and strong into the bit. Um, I think, I think that was all the horses are did. Uh, I think there's, oh, Isaac. Oh my God. Isaac. Isaac is like, Mm-hmm-hmm. do not touch me with that whip and I'm going to squeal at you. <laughs> so he needs sort of some taming going on there but so they're all totally different. And I thought to myself, well, if I want to have Claudio come over and train these horses to Piaf, like there is some homework I need to be doing that's going to create this bridge that is going to be much easier for them to do it. Uh, and then they all kind of started and So then I was like, okay, well I need Claudio to come up here and, and help me, uh, make sure I'm doing it. Okay. <laughs> you know, cause it's easy to always make sure someone else is the expert. Uh, someone else does it better, but we never get better at doing something unless we're out there doing it. So I just started fiddling around with it. Um, and lo and behold, everybody got pretty good. I showed Allie what I was doing and she was really happy with it. And then we added in actually some groundwork with Denali of reining him back quite a bit, uh, even in little like figure eight circles um, to just have him coordinate his pelvis and figure out where he needs to unlock to do that. So groundwork has been a really interesting incorporation into new part of my program. Um, and we just did a video on it, so it should be coming out soon into the academy of, you know, like how going on the bit really starts on the ground. Uh, getting the horse between your leg and the hand starts on the ground. Um a lot of my horses now uh, don't need to be lunged. They're older. They're trained. Some are just very naughty on the lunge line, to be honest. Uh, Gideon would be a perfect example of he's a cheeky pony, and that would just be a fun excuse to zip around like a ding dong. So his legs, I'm not going to do that. But, like, spending 10, five, ten minutes on the ground, game changer. Um, so look for that to come out. I might even share it here, too. Um It's just been a lot of great people kind of, it all came together in the right moment. And then I was forced to stay at home. (laughs) So I just started doing it. Uh, it's been a really huge help. Um, lunging. Yes. Lunging is a big thing too. Um, and again, we just had, um, one of my students was lunging a young horse and he was sort of like, dogging it and not really stepping to the bridle and i'm like you need to like get his hind legs going and uh connect him to the bit and he needs to even though you're lunging and you're not on him he still needs to be between the leg which is your whip in this case and your hand which is the lunge line and the side reins and it was really interesting to see how much better he behaved under saddle um just even being lunged with a little bit more concentration on him being on your aids. Because it isn't like, oh, just like, let him go run around and buck it out, you know. Um, It still needs to be a concentrated thing. Uh, I hand walk my horses quite a bit before I lunge them. Um, Same idea that I don't want them to go like trotting and cantering too quickly um, before they're warmed up. I'm like a freak about They need to walk. They need to be warmed up. Um, Sometimes, depending on the horse, I let them lunge. I just tie the reins up. Uh, Sometimes I let them lunge just free a minute so they can stretch out. Um, I have another horse. We tie the reins to the girth, like in Germany. Um, You know, it's, um, yeah, it's all dependent on each horse. But, uh, yeah, I love the groundwork. That has just changed my life. I don't think I'm awesome at it yet, but I'm not going to get awesome if I don't do it. So I'm doing a lot of practicing. Uh, I hope to share it soon in the academy. Um, Everyone's talking about long lining. Jennifer Hoffman, who's a longtime student of both mine and Richard's. Um, And Kelly, no, I'm not doing the lunge lessons on Gideon because I'm a fall off. (laughs) He bucked me off. Um, But long lining is a wonderful thing too. Um, My husband... Happens to be totally awesome at it. So that's fun. Um, And it's not also for every horse either. Like we don't have the whole entire barn get long lined. Um, We like to work with my horses. I can get through a lot of things riding. um, But with my younger horses, it is nice to have Richard sort of um, see if we can just get them a little bit straighter, a little bit more in self carriage. I do. I do know like some long lining is sort of, kind of taken in the wrong way where it's like, I'm going to tie your head down and then like drive you forward. And I'm just going to, you know, like make you get on the bit. Um, that is not the kind of long lining we do. We also, um, it's not totally only focused on Piaffing. Um, we teach Piaff a lot more with like leg lifts, a lot like Tristan Tucker, um, is sort and Morton Thompson, who I learned a little bit from. I'd like to learn more about that. Um, but, you know, then we just do some different connecting uh, the, the whip and, you know, things like that. So we teach pee off on the ground. Uh, and Richard certainly, like some horses, start to do it. Um, but it's not like, and now we teach you pee off because I can hold you back and tap you with the stick. Um, what's amazing about long lining is that the horse is totally um, independent from the rider's seat and leg, which probably does a lot of supporting of the horse so this is like the horse has to just totally balance himself figure it out and find his own way to kind of get connected and uh step under with the inside hind leg totally separate uh from the rider which sometimes even for riders are is really powerful for them to watch that oh look that's what he does that's what i'm feeling under saddle and Now I understand that because I can see that, you know, a lot, we're all different learners as far as kinesthetic, auditory or visual. And sometimes things get totally clear when you're like out of the saddle and you're watching it in a neutral way kind of play itself out. So um, that's really great too. I've got my, uh, I'm really working on Apollo's trot. So I've came up with the concept that I am a very, in my rhythm, I'm a very rhythmical person. I danced a lot. Um, I still dance. I love dancing. I mean, I took dance class. I played instruments, I played the saxophone. Like, I'm very, like, musical orientated. And Apollo is actually a jazz musician. So that makes me way more patient every day when he's like, I'm like, will you please, like stay on a rhythm, stay on a beat. I need like four on the floor. I need like steady beats. And Apollo's just like on this weird jazz riff, just like totally off. And I'm like, I can't, I can't find your beat. And he's just like, he's like brilliant and amazing. Totally not on my beat. (laughs) So it's been a real place of frustration. So then I'm like, you know what? Forget it. I'm getting the ground poles back out. So now the ground poles are up there. Uh, I put them kind of closer and higher so that he really, he's like really starting to learn some passage. Um, and I, I remember I taught body Sandy Stavropoulos is uh, really sensitive mare. Uh, I taught her how to passage over ground poles and it took a long time. Of course, it's like, you know, do you have a year because that's how long it's going to take, but we do, what, what do we have besides time? Um, better that than like whipping him and, you know, frustrating everybody. So I thought got to get my ground poles back out. Uh, so now Freddie, the four-year-old, he's gone over the ground poles. Denali went over the ground poles. Like now everyone's going over the ground poles. Uh, and I love ground poles. I mean, if I could have them set up every day, uh, which they basically are, uh, in the ring set up every day, um, it's awesome. It's awesome for the horse to learn without any pressure how to unlock their whole back and swing in their in their torso joints, right? Like we always talk about like oh their fat legs and their knees and their hocks and la la la. But like what about the shoulder? You know what about the hips? What what about the the secret iliac has to let go and the the hips have to be able to swing. Ground poles does that for you. So I love ground poles and I'm going to do actually a couple of different videos of ground poles. Um, I don't do a lot of cantering over the ground poles, but I do a lot of like, um, trotting over them, canter back to trot over the ground poles. I never do more than three. Um, I don't know if my horses have just been very klutzy or what, but, uh, if I get up to like five, I feel like they just start sometimes like rolling over them. And it's just, you know, I want to also connect aids to that moment. They're going over the ground pole so that then I can like recreate it on the other side of the circle. So let's say like passage, for instance, I'm, uh, put the ground poles a little closer and higher. So, and I always like alternate. So like one side is high and then the next side is high and then the next side is high. So they um, have to find the middle, obviously, but then they have to really slow down and um, pick up their legs a little bit higher. So that unlocks the back. It's amazing. Um, And then, so he learns a little bit the rhythm for passage, and I can add either a sound to that or my aids to that, and I can really um, help him... Then I imagine I have like this three other ground poles on the opposite side of the circle, and I do those same aids or that sound. um, You know, that's uh, I'm I'm reading, which is why sometimes my thoughts. So Arthur Cota set up like twelve ground poles. Yeah, so that's too many for me. I I don't I don't like to do too many. (laughs) I like to repeat them often, but I don't think lots in a row is more beneficial. I like to do three ground poles, three to four raised a little bit only raised on one side and then i like to do interesting things on the opposite sides of the circle so i'll trot through them i'll pick up canter back to trot over the ground poles back to canter change you know all kinds of things like that then i also when i'm teaching like more like i want to teach the horses how to move better which is sort of like my jam I then will put them closer and higher together again, and then I will do shoulder in or shoulder out, haunches in or haunches out on the opposite three quarters of the circle. I'll straighten them out, trot them over the poles, collect them again. So the horse really has to like get, um, let me into his body and let me really, um, move Move his molecules around is what I really because at the end of the day every every horse has an international trot in there. Uh, it's about them finding their uh, ability to let go and their ability to balance and their ability to trust themselves to kind of move more than what they um, really want to do, you know, by nature. So um, I love ground poles for that. I also love green grass i think getting the horses out on uneven ground is incredibly important um trot hills walk hills uh canter on a big field i think that's awesome Uh, i have a great story about fiji who um was just wonderful he's so great um but not the most like like wow international horse you know um so we taught him as flying like he kind of knew a flying change but they're kind of flat and kind of boring so when i was up in chesapeake city we had this wonderful field in the back that when the grass would get high he'd have to really like pick up his feet and you know be sort of uh up and out of the ground and uh I made him learn his change. I made him do more changes out there because all of a sudden he would really like jump over his back and have a little fun and, and have that expression. And so Fiji, you know, really found his, his expression, you know, doing flying changes out in the field. Um, Summer would have killed me out there and then probably killed herself running loose after she lawn darted me somewhere. She hates big wide spaces she loves her arena she loves the outdoors. she doesn't need to be inside all the time but big giant spaces is not the red queen's jam no nope. uh we survived Devin, so i'm proud of that uh but I, you know if i just didn't need to make her a trail horse or a big open field horse if she didn't find fun in that um so yeah so she didn't do that she did a lot of ground poles. um and a lot of uh, different work in the ring. Um, and she, she could like walk around and stuff. But she'd get real crazy cantering in a big open space. So that we didn't do that with her. Um, Callie wanted to know if I do my ground poles on a curved line. Uh, and I would say I have short poles. So they're on a tiny bit of a curve. Um, but I do like to ride straight uh, through them. Um, so I, I, they're kind of on my 20 meter circle line, but I only have three and they're kind of short guys. Um, so there's not a huge curve, but, um, I do, I do like curved, uh, ground poles and I, I find that's also really helpful. So I don't, I don't think, um, yeah, Kelly's my ground pole queen. Uh, I think curved or straight, um, I, at the end of the day, if you can make sure you do as many to the left and as many to the right on your curved ground poles, then that might be interesting. But of course, no horse is totally straight. So you're probably going to have to do like 60% more in one direction than the other direction. So I just I just do my work and then I ride over the ground poles straight. Uh, that's just for me. Because at the end of the day, we all want the horse to uh, be straight. So I want to create that, that both legs evenly come up because I can't really Remember that I went over, did I go over eight times to the right or like seven times to the left? And so I just, I ride pretty straight over my ground poles. Um, Mary Pat loves slopes for conditioning. Yes. Um, we have a wonderful farm here. Uh, we're lucky. I mean, the hurricane's coming. So I hope everybody, um, south of us is okay because that was a little scary, very slow moving and lots of rain. Um, so, but we got really lucky this summer. It didn't; it didn't get too hard. The ground was not too hard, and the gra- it rained a lot, so the grass is green. I know Richard's sick of mowing, but thank you, honey. <laughs> it looks pretty. Um, so we were able to ride out uh, the whole the whole summer. A lot of times it gets really hard, and then a little slick, uh, so that's when we don't we don't ride out then. But um, we've got like a couple of different areas that's like steeper hill, less just a gentle slope. Um, so I love that as well. And, um, yeah, what else? I think that's about it. Uh, we like to just keep a nice variety for the horses. Um, and again, like if they don't find fun in hacking, then we don't force them to do it if they don't love that to do that. Um, I love to walk them outside as much as possible. Um, I remember a couple of years ago before we found this place, um, I was kind of just like figuring out like what I was going to do with my career. And, uh, Stefan, who's like, I love, I love SFP. I love Stefan Peters, um, dear person to, to me and, um, always answers all my questions and God bless him for that. Cause I always have a lot of questions. <laughs> um, and he was like, yeah, you should move your business, uh, out to California. So we went out there and we saw it. And, um, I was like, I need, I need some green grass. I'm like, I love you guys, but Shannon's amazing. And like, everyone's so great out there, but I'm like, I need grass. I need to be able to canter with grass under their feet. It's just part of what makes my soul happy. So, um, we ended up getting lucky enough to be here and we've got great, great ground and, um, no bugs. So it's really great. Um, there's one more question. Wendy, do you jump them? No. I do not jump them. I mean, not on purpose. <laughs> um, sometimes uh, we jump around, but very rarely. Actually, my horses are all pretty well behaved because um, they trust me and they love to work for me and I make it fun and I make their bodies feel good and I'm tough when I need to be, but um, really encouraging, uh, a lot like how I teach. Um, so no, I, I don't do much jumping. Um, I know some people do like once a week free jumping. I think that would be great. I don't have really the facility for that. And uh, I really mind, I take really to heart and I mind how I'm working my horses' bodies. So I don't feel like once a week I need to let them crack their backs uh, jumping because I feel like the work I do during the whole week, um, the therapies we have in the barn with like the TheraPlate and our awesome new. Uh, Pro Series blanket, um, a Revita vet. Like, we just keep their bodies feeling good. Um, So, I don't do a lot of jumping, but um, you know, horses that want to change a career, I support that. Like, they don't need to do this and be unhappy. Uh, You know, Hans is alive and well up at Amy Boyer's house. Uh, He did a lot of jumping. I'm going to share a big story about him soon because um, after two colic surgeries, he needed a change of pace and a change of life. Um, and I'm so grateful to Amy for doing such a great job with him. So, um, he's jumping, he loves it. So maybe that's his new career. So we'll see. Um, so yeah, I like to listen to the horses and listen to their bodies and make sure they feel as good as they can in their bodies and kind of create a program, you know, around that. Uh, some horses go out twice a day. Um, most just go and turn out and then, uh, go for riding. So yeah, I think that's about it and I'll see you soon. All right. So thank you guys for joining and, uh, make it a great night. All right. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to this
0: episode of Dressage Life with JJ Tate. Make sure to tell your friends that they can find us wherever they get their podcasts and be sure to subscribe, like, and leave feedback to help other dressage lovers inspire their ride too. For more information and education from J.J. Tate, make sure to visit TeamTateAcademy.com. The podcast you just listened to is produced and powered by Red Mare Enterprises, creating possibilities through branding, modern digital solutions, and project management. We know the horse industry inside and out.